We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. in the room, everybody watching this, either through a podcast or through Facebook Live, we're welcoming you. We are in the last week of our spooky sermon series. It's called Biblical Horror Story, and tonight's story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 28, and while you are turning there, I want to ask you, are they real? Are they real? Here, here, we'll just take a a poll of our audience. Vampires, are they real? Vampires? No? Yes? No? All right. All right. Mummies. Mummies. Not your mommies, but mummies. Are mummies real? Are mummies real? Yeah. Wow, we have got mixed results today. We got something to preach Okay, we got lots to preach tonight. Okay, all right. Werewolves. Werewolves. Real or unreal? Yeah, if you think werewolves are bad, what wolves are even worse? That was not an approved joke. They didn't like. What about this one? Ghosts. 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 Especially the kind that like pottery. It's a kid's joke. Not a kid joke. What about witches? Witches? Witches with the wart on their nose? Are those those real? Are those our Bible story? I'm just going to warn you tonight that our Bible story might make you think a little differently about things that go bump in the night. And when you read your Bible, it usually does make you think a little differently. Is that true? Yeah. Our story tonight is a tale that I like to call the Witch of Indoor. To help me tell this story, our dramatic readers, they're going to be playing four roles. We have a narrator right here. Marshall, let's hear it up for him. We've got a prophet, Samuel. Let's hear it up for him. And we have the Witch of Indoor right here. Excellent. And I'm going to be playing the part of Samuel you need that mic, and then there is a mic right there on the ground. If you push that thing up, you've got it. All right. I give you the witch of indoor dramatic reading. Where's your mic? There is a second wireless mic. Where is it? You took it, you took it to the stage. Now I give you the dramatic reading of the Witch of Indoor. The people of Israel wanted a king. God gave them a handsome and tall king named Saul. King Saul was the first king of Israel. The prophet Samuel anointed Saul as king, and Samuel tried to help the king. But on several occasions, Saul disobeyed the commands of God. 
the prophet Samuel sternly told King Saul, Saul, listen, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed better than the fat of rams. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. It has been many years, and now, now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and witches from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a witch, so I may go and inquire of her. The attendants said, There is one in Endor. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, and bring up for me the one I name. As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are King Saul. Don't be afraid. What did you... See. I see a ghostly figure coming out of the earth. What what does he look like? An old man wearing a robe is coming out. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you 
into the hands of the Philistine. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. When the woman came to Saul and saw that he was greatly shaken, she said, King Saul left the witch. The next day, Saul and his three sons all died in battle. Saul had heard the voice of a ghost. Saul had inquired the knowledge of a witch. But what Saul really needed was to hear and obey the Lord. Let's have a round of applause for our performers. Now, kids, uh, we got some kids in the room. I really want to hear from our kids today. Kids, can you name any characters from this story? Any, any names? Witch of Endor, that's a really good one. Anybody else name a character in this story? Saul, right there. Very good. Anybody else name a character in here? Samuel. Very good. That's good. Uh, go ahead. There you go. With candy all over the place. Look out. Well, you just don't know where candy's flying. All right. There was a, there was a king. There was a king uh, named Saul. There was a ghostly prophet named Samuel. There was another character, the witch of Endor. All right. So I've got a question for you. Uh, did this really happen? What do you think? Did this really happen? It, it, it's kind of an unexpected story. Raise your hand if you've never read this story before in your Bible. All right, hands down. Now raise your hand if you've never heard this story preached at all in your Bible. Anybody? Yeah, more, more, even more hands there. All right, so question, did this really happen? It's kind of a wild story. You have to give yourself permission to believe the Bible. Now listen, when you first came to Jesus and became a follower of Jesus, you started believing the Bible. Isn't that true? All right? But as you read the Bible, sometimes things fly up in your face and you have to decide again, yeah, I do believe that the Bible is true. Sometimes the Bible is going to tell you some things like stop doing certain things that you're doing. You're like, but I like doing those certain things that I'm doing. Well, that's an opportunity for you to decide, oh, wait, I believe the Bible. Does anybody believe the Bible tonight? Anybody believe the Bible? All right. Sorry, I missed you. I got close. So there was a witch in that story who used dark powers to talk to the dead. We had a budget. We'd have like lightning flashes there and you'd hear the thunder, right? The dead, right? That's what we'd have there. So is that real or is it fake? You just think about that in your head. Is that real or is it fake? Is it possible to talk to dead people? And that, that gets weird, right? That gets kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Like, me? What is it? So here's what 
here's what happens here. The Bible really talks about it like it's real. We just read this story, and it never says, by the way, it's fake. It never says that. It just says, this is a thing, and Saul definitely believed it was real, and that's about it. Now, some people may fake supernatural powers. You have certain people out there that uh, would try to pull one over on you. Uh, they would, uh, you know, that there's actually ways that people could like tell your future, but they would look at your, you know, they would look into a crystal ball and say, I can tell that you're married. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. But you're wearing a wedding ring. I mean, like, you, you, you get my, my, my point there. And then there's some, you know, there's some people that can use what looks like the supernatural, right? Smoke and mirrors, right? Kind of things. To, to make you think that they have supernatural powers, all right? Some people fake that, all right? But it seems like the witch in the story was not a fake. It seems like this is definitely what she did for a living, right? Uh, she, you know, she wasn't a waitress at Applebee's part-time. You know, this is like what she did. No offense to waitresses at Applebee's. We, we know that there are bad spirits and we call them what? What do we call those bad spirits, kids? Demons. There we go. We call those spirits demon. Lyndon, look alive. Look alive, Lyndon. Ah, oh, I got him. All right. We call those devils or, or demons. And those are what? Those are spirits. Those are bad spirits. Bad, bad spirits exist, right? So we get that. All right. And some people actually have relationships with bad spirits. Do you know that? You have a relationship with a good spirit. What do we call that? We call that God. We call that the Holy Spirit. God is the spirit. And we have a relationship with a good spirit. It's the best of all spirits. It's the spirit of the Lord. Hit ceiling. Y'all got to watch out. So some people have relationships with evil spirits. In your Bible, it actually uses the term familiar spirits. If you read this story in the King James Version, Saul would have asked, I need to speak to someone who has a familiar spirit. It's almost like a familial family connection. They have allowed a bad evil spirit to become a family member in their life. That's a pretty scary thought. Can you imagine someone would do that? Some people do that, and the witch of Endor was one of those people. The people of God were commanded to not have anything to do with such people. They were commanded not to have a relationship with anybody that had a, a, one of these evil spirits as a relationship. So, should King Saul have been seeking wisdom from a witch. Anybody, what do you think? Should King Saul have been seeking? Very good, very good. That was the right answer. King Saul should not have been having such a relationship with this person. He should not have gone looking for this person, but he did go looking for this person. He literally said, go find me a woman who talks to evil spirits. 
Saul was being disobedient to even go see the witch. He had actually even the, the commandment of the Lord told him not to. And even he had made decisions against having witches in the land. But now he is right before such a witch. The witch calls forth the spirit of a prophet. That prophet's name is what? Very good, Vicky. Very good. I'm so sorry I hit Kathy. Lord, pray for Kathy. You got to be on time, Kathy. I'm just kidding. It's jokes. All right. Lord, thank you for Kathy's heart being strong. Ah, so should King Saul have seen sought wisdom from such a witch? No, no, no. The witch calls forth the spirit of a prophet named Samuel, and Samuel just lived in the next town, right? No, what, what had happened to Samuel? Samuel was dead. All right, so he's like, I want to talk to a dead dude. Those are words that should never come out of your mouth. I want to talk to a dead person. I want wisdom from a dead person. I want to tell you it is never God's will for you to look to darkness for light. It is never God's will for you to look to darkness for wisdom. It is never God's will for you to look to death for life. Somebody said amen. Amen. All right. So, did it really happen? She calls out for, he calls out for a dead prophet to speak to him. And then what happens? Do you think that really happened? Go ahead. Just run the, maybe, maybe he's an okay answer. Yes. No, it's something, something definitely happened. Would everybody agree? Something happened. What happened? I'm not totally sure, but something definitely happened. I get that. That's good. All right. So the witch, the Bible tells us, it leads us to believe that it actually did happen. I think if you just read that story at face value and you let the words on the page be the truth that you seek, you would go, "Uh, yeah, it kind of seems like it did happen. The witch sees Samuel and she's like, hey, what up, dude? She's like totally cool about it, right? What happens to this witch when she sees Samuel? Got it. What? She's afraid, right? What? What are the kind of things you do when you're afraid? You scream. You cry. You run. You pray. Oh, come on now, somebody. Now somebody's preaching. You pray, right? Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So this witch, she didn't pray. She cried out. She screamed. She yelled. She was like, what? So she was used to like spiritual darkness and powers, but something was happened that even freaked her out. Can I tell you that the powers of our God are are greater than all the dark powers. The powers of our God are greater than anything the devil can do. The witch sees Samuel. The witch cries out. And when she cries out, she also realizes that the man who asked for the spirit of Samuel was no other than King Saul. And so that adds a whole new level of worry because guess what? 
Saul could have her killed, right? Because she is a witch, and the command of the king is to kill anybody that is of, of such a thing, put them away. And that is one of the reasons she's freaked out. So now she's freaked out because she has seen something that blew her away, and now the realization of who she's in front, she just thought she kind of got in a sting operation, like somebody had caught her in the act, and now she's guilty, and now they're probably going to put her to death. That might have been a thought going through her head. But this witch, she was afraid. And King Saul was also afraid, wasn't he? It says that he bowed his face to the ground. He laid down completely on the floor before this spirit of the prophet who was before him. He was scared to death. Well, time out. It took him way too long to get scared. I'll point this out. Had Saul been trying to talk to God? Yeah. And had God been talking to him? No. Had he been praying and not hearing from God? Exactly. Was he uh, consulting prophets and not hearing from God? Absolutely. Was he looking for God and not seeing God? I'm telling you, Saul, you were too late to the game. You should have been scared when God was no longer talking to you. You should have been down on your face, repenting and asking the Lord, please speak to me. And I'm not getting up until you speak to me. Instead, He treats God like just another number in line. Well, if he's not going to talk to me, if the Urim's going to talk to me, that's for another Bible study, guys. A prophet is not going to talk to me. I'll just go to the next thing. I'll go to a witch. I'm telling you, there is nothing like God, and you don't move on from God. You don't move on from God. If he ever stops talking to you, there is nobody else to turn to. If he stops answering your prayers, there's nobody else to turn to. If he stops forgiving you... There's nowhere else to go. Oh, God, thank you that you've not stopped talking to us. So, the witch was afraid. King Saul was afraid. Samuel's the only one not afraid. And he's the one who's dead. Samuel seemed to be like a ghost. So, like, let's think about this, all right? Are ghosts real? Ghosts real. Souls are real, very good. Souls are real, right? Uh, If your body dies, does your soul still live? Okay. So I want to tell you about this. A ghost, here's what a ghost is, without thinking all spooky. A ghost is the spirit of someone who has departed. That's what a ghost is. Now, some people will tell you ghost stories, and it'll be like, There's the spirit of a person who's departed, and that spirit still walks the earth. Those are the kind of stories. I'm going to tell you, that's not the biblical story. That when you you pass away, your spirit goes somewhere. When someone dies, we bury the body, but the spirit of that person goes to a holding place awaiting Jesus to call them forward for judgment or for a rapture to heaven. Okay? Every spirit... The spirit of a believer, the spirit of not a believer. The spirit of a Christian, the spirit of not a Christian. Every person who dies, their their body goes over here, but their spirit goes exactly where God tells it to go. So you don't have to worry about spirits of departed people wandering the earth and hiding under your bed. All right, kids? 
Your pastor said it, so don't worry about that anymore. All right. Ghostly spirits of the dead do not walk our streets or hide in your room. All right. In this story, God allowed Samuel to speak one last time to King Saul, even from beyond the grave. What did Samuel say to Saul? Samuel was like, hey, man, it's been such a long time. We should catch up. We should go hang out. I think the Cowboys are playing tonight. Let's, let's hang out tonight. Let's go. There we go. Some people are now just ducking the candy. All right. In this story, Samuel speaks to Saul one last time. And I've got a question for you. And this question, the answer to this question is also, uh, the answer to that question is the answer to this question. The answer to what did Samuel say to Saul is also the answer to this question I'm about to ask you. Why is this story in my Bible? That's the question. We always come back to that because it's important. Absolutely. You know, nothing's in your Bible that's unimportant. I believe that. Good job. Now, we believe the word of God even when we don't understand the word of God. That's an important lesson. I want to tell you it's a lesson that your pastor lives by. I read my Bible And sometimes I read stuff in my Bible that I have no clue what exactly is going on here. I come up with a list of like five things, five different things where something could be a thing. And I'm just like, I don't know, or or some other sixth thing, God, I am not certain. But I've learned to read my Bible like this. God, I don't know how it is true, but I know it is true. There are some things in the spirit realm. There are some things in your life. There are some things that are commanded by God. I don't know how they're true, but I'm telling you this. If God said it, it's true. If Jesus said it, it's true. If it's in your Bible, you can depend on it. You can build your house on it. It is true. What do you think God wants us to learn from this story? That's a good thing. Yeah. Good job. Don't be afraid of ghosts and witches. I like that. Cool. There's some kids. Hopefully you have no longer afraid of ghosts and witches tonight. The spirit of Samuel told Saul that he had disobeyed, disobeyed, disobeyed. Underline that word. Disobeyed God. And because he had disobeyed, disobeyed, disobeyed God, he was going to be in trouble, right? Because when you disobey God, you're in trouble. First Samuel 28 and 18, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. What is that? Disobedience. The Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. King Saul is in the house of a witch and speaking to the spirit of a dead prophet. And he is in this place and in this situation all because he did not obey the Lord. I'm going to tell you that disobedience will take you to some weird places. Disobedience will take you to places you never would have gone. 
Disobedience will take you and put you in actually scary situations. Situations that are completely out of your control. This story in our Bible is a reminder that we need to obey God. Say those words with me. We need to obey God. There is nothing more important than obeying God. We're going to be closing very soon, but I I want to bring this idea to you that there is nothing more important than obeying God. Saul did not obey God, and it affected his relationship with God. Seems like a duh statement, right? If you don't obey God, it affects your relationship with God. And so Saul literally disobeyed God, but then also tried to seek God. God, please tell me what to do. God, even though he was constantly disobeying God. If we don't obey God, it will affect our relationship with God. That's why we need to read the Bible. Kids, that's why we need to go to Sunday school. Kids, that's why you need to listen to your parents. That's why you need to listen to those that have authority over you because God has told you to do that. And so when you aren't listening to your parents, when you aren't listening to God, you are disobeying God and that will affect your relationship with God. Saul stopped obeying the voice of God. So guess what happened? God stopped talking. Listen, he stopped listening to God So God just stopped talking to him. I'm telling you, listen, gut check time, Christian. If it feels like it's been a while since God has talked to you, then you need to ask yourself this question. What was the last thing he told me? And did I obey it? Did I listen to it? Did I trust him in it? A lot of times God has stopped talking because he's waiting on you to obey the last thing he told you to do. He's waiting on you to start doing the last thing he told you to do. And you're here going, well, God just never talks to me. And God's like, yeah, I did. God does talk to us. I believe God has brought us all here tonight to talk to us. Let me tell you, Saul stopped obeying the voice of God. So God stopped talking. And the same thing is true tonight. If we don't obey the voice of God, God could stop talking to us. So one second, I want you to get this in your heart. Don't talk out loud, kids, but listen to this in your heart and get the answer. Are you disobeying God? Are you listening to God's voice? The Bible tells us that we are all perfect people that never do anything wrong. No, not at all. Not even close. The Bible says that we are all sinners. It says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. So real quick, sinner check. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. I got both hands up. Yes, everybody in this place, you are a sinner. Why? Because we've all disobeyed God. The Bible tells us, though, what we should do When we disobey God. See, this is what's so good. We're all sinners. We've all disobeyed God. But the hope is not out for us. We still have hope. It is found in the word of God. Here it is. 1 John 
chapter 1, verse 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now wait, do you believe this story? You believe the witch of Endor story? Great. If you believe the witch of Endor story, you definitely need to believe this story. If you believe the, the, the tale about a prophet who is dead but somehow came back and talked, if you believe that happened, you definitely better believe this, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Who knows it's true in here? Oh, it's true. Now, in a few moments, we're going to pray together. And tonight, I would really love to see all of our families come to this altar together. I would like, if you've got your kids in this place, I want you to bring your kids to the altar and pray together in this place. I would love to see all of that take place in this altar today. I would love to see everyone who wants to have a good relationship with Jesus in this altar today. I would love to see everybody who wants to obey the word of God and hear his voice to be in this altar today. This verse that we read, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we sin, we can confess and he will forgive us. And this is exactly what King Saul needed to do. King Saul did not need to talk to a witch. King Saul did not need to seek out a dead prophet. King Saul could have confessed his sin directly to God and been forgiven. The story shows us that ghosts might be real. This story shows us that witches might be will. But here's really what this story shows us. God is real. God is real. And no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've fallen from obeying God, He will forgive you. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.